Welcome to the Good Fiction Podcast. Join us as we continue with Things That Charlie Did, Chapter 4. The drive to San Miguel started off badly. The narrow dirt road would have much better taken a four-wheel drive vehicle. If there had been a recent rain, there's no way the Ford Escort he had rented at the airport in Mexico City would have made the trip. Most of it was very steep, either up or down, and he seldom was able to travel more than 20 miles per hour or so. About 30 minutes into the trip, the Escort started to overheat. The strain on the car didn't take much time to show itself at all. The heat indicator was in the red before Charlie had a chance to realize what was happening. First, there was that burning, watery radiator smell. That's what alerted him to glance down at the gauge. Fearing the car was just going to poop out on him right there in the middle of nowhere, he stopped and turned the engine off in order for it to cool down. A slight but hopefully harmless stream of steam escaped from under the hood. Rolling down the windows, he sat quietly, taking in the fresh smell of jungle greenery and noticeable jungle sounds, chirping birds that couldn't be seen, along with the squawk of what was obviously a bigger sort of bird, was close by. They didn't seem bothered by Charlie's visit. It didn't take long for Charlie to feel the need to enjoy the peaceful scene from outside of the car, and he was out and leaning against the car's door. Suddenly something scurried through the treetops, causing the leaves to rustle and the branches to bend and sway back and forth. Whatever it was remained unseen. Out of curiosity, Charlie retrieved the phone from its spot on the dashboard where he had tossed it back at the airport. Like he suspected, even though the battery was fully charged, there was no signal. The phone was going to be useless. He tossed it back into the car and continued to soak in the scenery. The car quit giving off the steam and the smell of the overheating engine, and it had been overtaken by the jungle. He hopped in and fired up the engine, careful to let it run for about two minutes to make sure the temperature gauge was going back to normal, and it was. He started back off onto his journey to San Miguel. The car, still struggling with the steep grades on the dirt road, made it another 20 miles or so before the temperature gauge began to slowly rise again, and the overheating smell once again overtook its battle with the jungle greenery. It was time to stop again. Just like the last time, he got out of the car and waited for it to cool down and rest from its strenuous journey. There was more quiet, interrupted by more sounds of the jungle. Birds sounding, rustling from the thick green leaves on the jungle floor and above the tops of trees and human voices. Wait, human voices? It couldn't be. At this point, Charlie was a little over halfway between the town of Cuidad del Norte and the village of San Miguel. What would people be doing out here? Listening carefully, Charlie double-checked to make sure that what he was hearing was actually what he was hearing. Voices, that is. And it was. Speaking Spanish. Spanish. 
They were probably hunting, he thought. Yeah, that's what it was, hunting. After thinking further, he felt that it was probably some people, the town or the village, hunting. But then he thought, what do you hunt in the jungle, by the way? Like monkeys or something? Charlie said this out loud. The voices were getting closer. Whoever it was and whatever their purpose was for wandering around in the jungle didn't matter because Charlie was about to meet them. The thought of this was a little scary and making Charlie a little nervous. The closer they got, the easier it was to at least make out the tone of their voices, even if he couldn't understand the Spanish. Clearly, they were angry voices. As the voices approached, he could hear what sounded like yelling, pleading, and then more yelling. Strange way to hunt. Something was obviously wrong here, he thought. This came to be more than a fact when the pleading voice he heard became louder and more persistent. The male voices were still in the jungle, out of sight from him or his car. They didn't know Charlie sat there listening to them, but he did. Things became even more disturbing when the one who seemed to be pleading became more agitated and louder. It sounded like he might be hurt or something, but the begging was met with only angry yells. It was hard to tell how far away the voices were, but the thick jungle kept the road hidden from them, just like it kept Charlie from seeing them. More angry yells met by more cries for help made Charlie realize that those sort of emotions could be detected despite the language they were spoken in. No doubt about it. There was also no doubt about the fact that the next sound he heard has no language barriers, none. The distant sound of a gunshot crackled through the trees. The previously hidden birds flew from their hiding places in the tops of the trees. Leaves rustled in all directions, and what must have been animals of all sorts snoozing in the cool jungle. No more, though, as they were brought to attention by the startling loud boom. The boom was followed by a silence. More voices and then silence again. That was a gunshot. No one could convince Charlie otherwise. They must have been hunting, right? The voices were starting up again, but this time it seemed to be gradually growing fainter. They must have been walking away. Strange, though, that voice that seemed to be pleading was gone. Where did that guy go? Charlie stood very still, and leaned toward the direction of the voices. They slipped away into the jungle. Whatever had just happened, he put in the same category as the lady at the airport at first. You know, ignore it, just keep moving forward. Enough time had elapsed for the car to be able to tackle its job again, so he jumped in, started the car, and put it into drive. The temperature gauge was in the middle, showing that things were normal again. The rocks and dirt crunched as he let his foot off the brake, and the car began to roll forward. Was it possible that the pleading voice he had heard had been stopped by the gunshot? He wondered. If so, how could he just leave? It didn't take much convincing for him to press the brake, put the car in reverse, and back up the 20 yards or so that he had rolled forward. He put the car in the park, 
and turned off the engine. He was a little perturbed at the fact that he had convinced himself that this was something that he had to do because it was definitely not something he wanted to do. A pain in the butt and a diversion to what he wanted to do was only going to keep him from getting the things done that he wanted to get done. Besides, there was probably nothing to what he had heard anyway. It was just against Charlie's nature to allow something to happen, especially in which someone might be hurt. He wasn't going to let that happen at all. This was going to require that he actually walk into the jungle. It wasn't hard to find. Right where the road ended, the very thick jungle started. Hardly dressed for hiking in the jungle, Charlie's dockers and hill figure shoes were going to have to do. It caused him to briefly think, in passing, that his clothes weren't going to be appropriate. He stepped into the jungle and started off toward the direction of where he had heard the sounds earlier. Stepping on top of the lush green of the jungle floor made Charlie immediately understand what might be unseen under his steps. He wondered how far he was going to have to go in order to satisfy his curiosity. He continually looked back, looking for landmarks in order to keep himself from getting lost. The thick jungle hit the road and the car only after a few steps. Getting lost in the jungle could certainly ruin someone's day and also keep someone from finishing their book. Vines with stickers on them had to be moved carefully by hand, and they seemed to be everywhere, along with other things that slowed him down. Some of the trees were so close together that he had to turn sideways in order to get through the narrow grouping. He was really getting nowhere fast. Turning around and going back seemed like the best thing to do, and he almost did that before he happened upon a very narrow trail. A footpath, barely wide enough for one person, at least provided a way to continue on. Charlie decided he would only go just a little further, then turn back. He didn't want to get too far from the road or the car. He didn't have to go much further before he found what he least expected. A man was sitting on the trail, leaning up against a tree. His legs comfortably stretched out in front of him and his arms neatly to his side. He appeared to be relaxing. Kind of a strange place to relax. No telling what could come up behind you out here, thought Charlie. Excuse me, sir. Senor, you okay over there? The man didn't move. Charlie now came to within just three feet or so of the man to get a better look. He could see this wasn't an adult, but more like a teenager, maybe 15 or 16. He wore no shoes, and his clothes were old and torn. Something was definitely wrong here. His eyes were staring blankly at nothing. The boy didn't blink when Charlie tapped him on the shoulder. Hey kid, you okay? Charlie tapped him again. This time the boy's body fell forward, bending at the waist. A large red stain where the boy's head had been resting against the tree was now revealed. With dread, Charlie glanced down at the back of the boy's head. There was a hole in it the size of a fist. The boy's brain and skull clearly visible around the edges, 
of what was clearly the result of a gunshot. The jungle insects had already begun feasting on the boy's wound. Charlie immediately puked. He turned and ran as fast as he could, making his way the best he could back down the trail. Only took seconds, but it seemed like forever. The thought of the young man's wound flooded Charlie once again. Before he made it back to the end of the trail, he had to stop once more to vomit. Then he was back to a gallop again, only this time through the thick jungle that stood between him and the safety of his car. Finally, he made it back to the road. Once there, he leaned over, gasping for air from the sudden sprint he had just made. One hand pranced against the side of the car to hold his weight. The other was on his thigh. His breathing was so loud it sounded as if he was having an asthma attack. Charlie's eyes must have been twice their normal size. The shock was incredible. His mind raced. He thought out loud, What should I do? I'll go back to the Cuidad Norte. Tell the police. If I can find the police, surely they have a sheriff or someone. No, wait. I'll go on to San Miguel. I'm closer to San Miguel than I am Cuidad Norte. Besides, I'll have to stop more to keep the car from overheating on these mountain roads. San Miguel's a small town, a village, but they have to have a cop, right? He had made up his mind when he started the car and took off at a little faster pace than he had previously been going. It wasn't long before the steep road was causing the engine to heat up again. This time, though, he didn't stop, but chose to continue on. He even sped up. The quicker he could get to San Miguel, the better. Maybe he'd get there before the engine had reached a point to where it couldn't continue. Pressed onward. Not being able to get that picture of the young man's empty dead eyes out of his mind. Going downhill now, he rode the brake, causing another kind of burning smell to come from the car. According to his best guesses, the village of San Miguel shouldn't be much further. In fact, as he came to the bottom of the hill, the village revealed itself. It looked very similar to Cuidad Norte, only much smaller. No gas station this time, but those same sort of two-story buildings sat on either side of the road. This time, though, there were only three buildings. The road seemed to dead end at the end of the small village. Where did the people live, wondered Charlie. Better still, where's the police? He parked his car in the road because it was the only possible place to park. The hour was getting late. The sun was starting to set just off the top of the jungle canopy. The temperature was dropping, too. Charlie needed two things. First, to tell someone what he had seen, and secondly, to find the spot where he could finish his book. Slamming the door shut on the car caused an unseen dog to bark far off in the distance as he approached the door to the building he had parked in front of. Thank you for listening. Join us next time as we continue with Things That Charlie Did. I'm Rodney Mathers. Goodbye for now.